Cahen is sponsored in part by Soulcraft Brewing, Salida's hometown brewery, offering a large selection of traditional and seasonal craft beers. Their spacious patio features cozy fire pit tables for outdoor warmth on chilly days. Fresh food is served daily at the Soul Shack food truck, featuring snacks like wings and pretzels, and full meals like sandwiches, burgers, and a delicious brunch on Sunday. Soulcraft is open daily for happy hour, lunch, and dinner. Cahen is supported in part by Little Red Hen Bakery, located at 302 G Street in downtown Salida. Little Red Hen specializes in hometown fresh-baked bread, bagels, and treats, all made with organic and local ingredients. A full menu, including the wood-fired oven schedule and daily specials, can be found on their Facebook page at Little Red Hen Salida. Cahen and Little Red Hen – just two hometown chickens working to keep Salida, Salida. Well, welcome, friends, to another edition of On the Rails. With me, Forrest Whitman, here at 106.9 on your FM dial. And uh, you can always check us out on podcasts. Or the iTunes. Well, I just heard this week from somebody who p- puts us on the iTunes while she walks her dog every morning. So <laughs> isn't that fun? That is fun. Anyway, I'm back here, of course, in the caboose. And I want to welcome Madison Butler to come and get cozy in the caboose. Just throw a few more. I know it's not, we hardly ever use any coal anymore, but we have a few chunks of coal that we throw into the coal-fired stove in the caboose, so we don't get, so we don't get all chilly. And um, at the head end of this train, the the engine that, who's pulling this train is our engineer, and that's Richard White, aka Rick White. And Rick, do you want to say anything from the head end? Well, I just want to say, Forrest, how happy we are to have Madison Butler as a guest again. Um, I think it's been over a year since you've been with us. And been over a year. Yeah. Things have happened, and what is going on? That's what we're here to find out. What is going on? Now, I, I think you probably got my email with a couple of listener uh, questions. Now, the first one I am I'm baffled by. Apparently, I'm, some Amtrak sites still say you have to bring a converter, AC, DC, or DCAC converter to stick into the plug. Now, is that something you've experienced or is that just a leftover or what? Well, I personally have not had that experience. Um, I have found, you know, in pretty much every roomette and bedroom, a working plug, part of the Amtrak refresh program that's been launched out of Chicago, fixing a lot of that old superliner equipment includes those electrical updates. So I don't need to bring a converter. I would recommend bringing um, like a small power strip that has two or three little plugs. So that way, if you needed to charge, you know, two phones at the same time, or you've got the kids watching the iPad, you could plug that in. So that is a good tip. If you have any devices that are USB or USB-C, bring in that little brick that your phone cord plugs into. That's a good idea, too. Oh, a little brick. I'll have to look at my, yeah, I've got to look at my phone cord and see what it is. And I suppose now that our next trip for the rail group, our rail group, which, by the way, is taking off here just in a few days. 
why um, that's coach. We're going to be going coach. So I imagine it's oh, probably nice. pretty, pretty, yeah, it's probably pretty similar. I would guess, would you guess pretty similar? Yeah. How many are, are you going multiple days? Or are you just going up and back? Uh, going up, spending some time uh, having a potluck with an old member of ours. Oh, nice. Old. Yeah. And then the next day coming back. So that's, that's what it is. It's going to be a great kind of reunion and yeah. uh, old. We're, we're not old. I don't think, Rick, are we old? <laughs> no, yeah. No, like, it's vintage. I can tell you this, Madison. I'm I'm younger by about a dozen years than everyone in this group. Oh my god! We are going from Trinidad, Colorado, to Las Vegas, New Mexico, and uh, we're we're going to stay in the La Castaneda down there. Yeah. And there's been a number of people who have moved from our area to that area. Is uh, real estate has become pretty? Uh, I don't know. Pricey. Pricey. Okay. I'll go with that. It's, it's and, pricey in our part of Colorado. It's pricey. Yeah. So yeah, that's what we're up to. And that's uh, just in a week or so we've been looking forward to it. And there's about a, and there, there's about 10 people involved. Well, yeah. you have to um, let me know what the conditions of your superliner are like. Um, you know, so when we took the Rail Passengers Association, um, you know, we took one of our local representatives, our president, our communications team, our field team, and went and looked at the new superliner refresh, uh, put that video up on YouTube. And so, you know, I, I haven't heard a lot back from Amtrak on when exactly it's going to be in the field or what routes it's going to the first refreshed cars are going to be on. So if you all see anything new, new upholstery, new equipment, new teammates, you're going to have to let me know. Oh, we will for sure. We will for sure. That's pretty soon. That's next week. So uh, that that may be pretty soon to expect them to get any refreshed cars out there, but we'll stay refreshed in our minds. I've seen a couple out in the field. I know the California Zephyr got one of the refreshed, um, I think it was a refreshed dining car or a refreshed observation car. I can't remember right now, but they're uh-huh. starting to get out in the field. And so, you know, as Amtrak um, ups their, their HR capacity and, you know, starts pipelining good new hires, we're going to see a lot more equipment and, um, you know, refreshed items that are going to predate what we're getting with the, the new infrastructure bill. So y'all keep an eye out for that. I would love to hear, uh, you know, if they're playing favorites with the chief versus some of the other routes, because I would love to see the chief with all new equipment. Uh-huh. Uh, especially we would, because that's what we're taking right. next week. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the chief is such a great train and it stops so many places. And it's a, it's, it's a barrel of laughs train because last year it took comedians uh, through Southern Colorado and Northern New Mexico. <laughs> Next year, it's going to take comedians from uh, starting in Chicago, stopping at at least two places along the way. And the other end of the Southwest Chief is going to start in LA with more comedians stopping two places. They're all going to end up in Trinidad, Colorado to have a great big comedy. Well, it's it'll be a, a comedy festival. It's what it will be. Oh, cool. So people will be laughing from coast to well coast to chicago at least people will be laughing <laughs> you gotta that hope fun? that they're talented right you don't want to get these... stuck with like a bad comedian in the observation car during a freight delay <laughs> oh. oh i don't <laughs> suddenly it's a that. six hour set <laughs> oh my god yeah 
Oh, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. Oh my. No, <laughs> these get, be, what did they use back in the day? The shepherd's hook to pull them off the stage. Yes, you have to give yes, one to your yes. conductor as a gift. Oh, I think so. Funny. Oh. <laughs> well, these will all be Wally Wallace. Wally Wallace is who, by the way, these days is actually employed by the city of Trinidad. But uh, Wally Wallace is a great entrepreneur. Knows, no, he knows comedians. He does. And so, well, getting back very briefly now to the National Association of Railroad Passengers, yes, which we hope everyone joins. I noticed their new PR calls themselves, um, what do they call it? M? No, it's like NPR. So maybe people. Oh, will think RPA. It's- yeah, just Rail Passengers Association. RPA. Yeah. And that's the branding that we've been uh, encouraging for a couple of years. Um, it, it just it started to become a bit of a mouthful. So we go by um, like at rail passengers on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and then you can just look up Rail Passengers Association to follow all of our other newer accounts. Ah, OK. Mm-hmm. Makes make that makes a lot of sense. And um, well, the RPA. Now, what is the RPA? <laughs> what does the RPA think of um the food service, you know, we do have a couple listeners who are kind of grumpy mm-hmm. that, they, that they're riding coach. They want to go eat dinner in the dining car and are told, no, if you're riding coach, you, you, you know, just stay in the snack car or with yeah. that big box, that big box of popcorn you brought. Or yeah. So we, um, We had two webinars. So I've been producing a series of informational webinars. You can see those at railpassengers.org slash webinars. And we've picked like different regional topics or like a specific line to cover and just talk about like where the legislation is at and what we need to do to make sure that Amtrak services are continually improved, not just kept the same. You know, as we get through the pandemic, it's time to start looking at hiring more people and fixing these services. So in the fall, we had, um, or sorry, in the in the spring, we had talked about what the um, trajectory would be like to get those coach passengers back in the dining car, to get dining cars, you know, back up to where they were uh, pre-pandemic, pre-flex meal. And so I have had a series of meetings with uh, the Amtrak F&B team. So all the food and beverage, the development teams and we produced this webinar with that information. It's um, the impact of positive onboard experiences. I kind of took, you know, my experience as a hospitality consultant uh, and paired it with the information that I was getting from them to give some projections there. And we also had our day on the hill. So anyone that joins the association, we encourage all members to join us twice a year for our big advocacy uh, events. And so we have meetings with all different, you know, senators, representatives, even mayors sometimes, and talk about the impact of Amtrak for them. So one of the things that we had taken away from talking to um, a couple of the VPs at Amtrak, and we had we had Roger Harris as a guest to talk about, you know, long distance services and things like that. Um, and so they are already looking at what it's going to take on their end to get the dining car to where coach passengers can eat again. It takes a large hiring initiative because there was a lot of people that they lost during COVID. 
And it also takes sort of a streamlining of the processes on board to make sure that they can actually do it. Because if you think about how much volume of food that you have to bring on board to have first class and coach, you got to make sure you have enough staff to cook it all and serve it all. So that's kind of where we're at with that process right now. Um, And we're looking at accountability measures to encourage Amtrak to tell us, you know, give us like every month, just let us know sort of where you're at, where the rehiring process is, what it's going to take to make sure that our coach passengers can get their French toast and their flat iron steak, just like the first class passengers can. Ah, that's a big job. Wow. It is. It is. We're, we're looking at a couple oversight committees and some congressional advising, too, to show them, you know, these are meals that can be affordable for you to produce that are delicious to have on board. And if we have things like pre-ordering, you know, like people used to do this with cruises back in the day. They used to do this with airlines. And a lot of people, um, I think, would be interested in if you could pick when you get on your trip beforehand what you want to eat that would help assure that it will actually be on board that it'll be ready that'll be in stock and i think wow. it would do a lot to help them as they're trying to scale and like get get employees back wow mm-hmm. now can they get back some of the employees who were <clears throat> furloughed uh, furloughed uh, oh yeah yes yeah so it's and this it's my understanding that um a lot of those people who are furloughed have been offered there if you want to come back uh, package and sort of what that situation would look like. But there's still a lot of people who, you know, because of the, the pandemic and how they felt about it are not necessarily going to want to return to a job and travel. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So yes. we need to be conscious of that. And I know there were some people that I know personally that took the option to retire a year early. And I mean, I don't blame them at all. If I could retire yeah. a year early, I would. You can't. You're a young woman. We, <laughs> we, we, we depend on you to give us the info about what's really going on. Well, I'll keep my finger yeah. on the pulse for you. <laughs> well, OK, well, how about the quality of the dining car food right now in, in the, at the present place? Yeah, it's uh, it's split. So on the East Coast trains, uh, there's the flexible menu. Um, which people have been calling TV dinners. Some of them are quite good. Some of them need work and feedback. Um, I've been running surveys, collecting feedback from people on their experiences. Uh, I feel as though the Real Passengers Association can collect that feedback with less bias than Amtrak gets internally. And the feedback that we collect goes directly to uh, the members of Congress who work to fund Amtrak. So we have a different level of accountability than, say, like an Amtrak survey would have internally. And so we're trying to make sure that for those trains that don't have like, you know, the full um, appetizer, salad, bread, you know, all the things that go with uh, the traditional dining, that they're still getting something good in the meantime. So we're kind of working on that. And uh, from what I've had on the Western long distance routes that do have dining car service back, uh, I went out to Haver, Montana on the Empire Builder, uh, you know, from from St. Paul and just kind of did, you know, went out there, spent a couple of days there, met with people in town who, you know, their businesses were impacted by the reduction in service and kind of talked to them about. So now that we have daily Amtrak service back, now that we're kind of on a recovery trajectory, how has business been? And so that was a really great trip, great experience. 
and I had good food all the way around. So, um, you know, I had the, the French toast, I had an omelet one morning, um, the flat iron steak, of course I had to have the railroad steak. Uh, and that was, it was good. It was, it was pretty much what I remember it being it's like. A, in 2019. It's always, it's an old, I can remember eating that with my son. Oh my God. 40 years ago, probably. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, that's, that's, that's what representative Cohen said too, is he's like, yeah. I've, my whole life, I have been, you know, a big fan eating, of having the steak. So eating, eating the flat iron steak, which yeah. is, which is an odd cut when you think about it. Well, anyway. <laughs> It is. I, it is. I mean, I've never, never been sure that was wasn't it. Well, I don't know. I probably the New York Central started that. They started a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah. I would have to look. I found a, a cookbook that I ordered online. I haven't received yet, but it is the uh, old recipes of um, the original Empire Builder, 21st Century Limited, and the Southwest Chief. And so I'm going to go wow. and remake some of those old recipes. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't Something, you know, got to have a hobby, right? <laughs> yeah, you got everybody. Your hobby is railroad food. You yeah. know more about railroad food than anybody. No, it's, it's really true. And it used to be very good. I, I spent at least one Thanksgiving in a dining car with my, my there, then very young son which he remembers. And the reason we did that was because we were going from Denver to Chicago to have Thanksgiving with the, we, we still had a few living relatives in Chicago in those days, including one sister, blah, blah, blah. And when that woke up in the morning, my son, he was in the upper berth. He looked out the window and he says, we haven't moved for a while, dad. I said, no, we haven't. He said, and there's snow all the way up to this window. And we were stuck, we were snowed in out in the middle of Nebraska, wow. and we walked into the dining car, and they said, well, it's all free. So, and we're going to have <laughs> some, we're cooking a turkey. They actually cooked a turkey, and we had a, you know, it was, it was, it was kind of memorable. He'll, he'll remember, yeah, yeah. So, so cool. anyway, yeah, kind of, kind of fun. I, I, I don't know. Do they have enough flexibility? Probably not today. They probably couldn't. No. Nah, it's, um, you know, I mean, as, as we see staff return, I think we'll have a little bit more of an understanding of what that's going to look like for the next three, five years. But, yeah. you know, just, just recovering from the pandemic for them, so much has been up in the air. And my team has worked for the last 18 months on getting the infrastructure bill put together and passed because with dedicated funding for Amtrak, you know, long-term planning according to like what the, the congressional allocations can look like, we have a much better idea of what's possible. And I'm sure you have questions about those too. And I pulled a couple of the projects, um, those, those yes, big projects. You're, you're, you're way ahead here at on the rails. We have the, the, we have the questions, but you're, you're, we don't even have to ask. You're ready to jump in there. <laughs> And, well, I, I feel what, like your questions are probably, you know, I feel like a lot of, uh, of people across this country have had similar questions overall. And, you know, it's it's been a, a really small team at Amtrak handling their communications and PR. And, you know, we have a small team as well. So I, I've tried to just be in touch with them and also looking at, you know, our elected officials that we work with. Where is this money actually going to go? And what is it that people are paying for? I think that's the number one question I get from most Americans is what, what, what am I paying for with Amtrak? What am my tax money? What is it going to? Yeah. 
you know, and so in, in working on the infrastructure bill, we wanted to make sure that that was that was really clear. And while, you know, we want steak, we want French toast, we want big, robust trips. We also got to make sure that people can just get from place to place safely, securely. And so, yes. you know, we've kind of had to address all of these things from, you know, from the moment you buy a ticket till you sit down in the dining car. What are all the moving pieces of that that we're we're watching and monitoring and making sure are safe for Americans? Yeah. Yes, that's so important. And the small towns. I yes. mean, one of the small towns we're going to, that's their only public transportation is Amtrak. Yeah. Once a day, they can get on the Southwest Chief. Uh, it sometimes can be very late. Um, I think once last year it was even early. I don't know, <laughs> but any, but anyway, um, yeah. I mean, that's uh, small towns really, really do depend on this. Oh yeah, it's a lifeline. Kind of trans- yeah, it is, and um, in fact, um, well, uh, well, getting back to what you were saying, um, it's important to remember that this infrastructure bill passed handily but but there 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 is a group and they are many of them live right here in Colorado uh I don't know how many of them but certainly um how do we say this gently Th- these are folks who they don't believe in government is that a, that mm. might be a fair fair to say and they um they just uh opposed the the bill um uh congressman Bobert why she opposed the bill and some some folks like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm not quite sure how we reach out to them or if they're reach outable too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, and there, you know, it passed. Um, it was a, it was a bipartisan pass. It took people of all different flavors of politic working together. And I think there were people, you know, to the extremes in all directions who, you know, did not vote in favor. There are people who thought that it wasn't enough. There are people that thought that it was too much. Um, You know, fundamentally, my opinion is that if you choose to be somebody who is elected to represent and safeguard your communities, then you need to accept the call to action. You need to figure out what you need to do for your communities and to support them. And, you know, I I know there are people who, you know, discredit this sort of public service, but they also use roads. They send their children to schools. They go to hospitals. They use post offices. And the kind of service that Amtrak provides for these small towns is no different. It is a lifeline to the outside world. And there are so few people, um, especially in small rural communities, who have, you know, the, the convenience or the lifestyle where they can go to an airport in a big city just like that. So having a train station makes such a huge oh. difference, you know, and that's usually what I tell people that are, you know, sort of against public transportation. Um, and I also for the ones who are probably too far gone, I usually dare them, you know, get on board, see what it's all about. You're not even knowing what you're discrediting yet. Great idea. I don't know that. Yes. <laughs> That is a great idea. What's the name? Congressman Bobert rides the train. Well, it could happen. You know, it, it, I suppose it could happen. Mm-hmm. I, I see a skeptical look from the engine room up there. But, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just watching the time for us. Oh, okay. Just one. All right. Well, we've got several more things to, to, that we need to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got a part two coming. We've got a part two coming, which is important. And But we've settled the big one, which is, that the steak 
the, the special railroad steak is still there. What in the real world of meat markets, what is the railroad steak called that they've been now serving on New York Central, on uh, Southwest Chief uh, for uh, above more than 40 years, for sure. That same steak, not the same, you know what I mean, that same yeah. cut cut of the, the cow. cuts listed it's listed on the amtrak menu i believe it's a usda choice i don't think it's a prime i think it's a choice i'll look that up for you though uh yeah, but they have they have the cuts of meat and uh they have a lot of the ingredients available now too so you can like scan the menu with your phone and it'll pull up a website that tells you what all the ingredients in the food are for the most part wow mm. that's mm-hmm. that's pretty exciting yeah and so then if you want to try to remake, you know, a sauce or, or uh, they have a crab cake right now as the appetizer. That's really good. It comes on like a Faro salad, um, mm. but it's, it's light and it's crispy. And I I've had a number of like crab sort of foods in traveling. And, uh, you know, there's some flights too, where I've had some really questionable seafood and this was nice. It was super light and flaky and yummy. So I think that's my next one that I'm going to try to remake from the Amtrak menu. Nice. And let me ask you this, uh, Forrest, do you know where the, uh, the name Flatiron, where did that come from? The Flatiron steak? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that was old Al Perlman, president of the New York Central. Huh. From, uh, yeah, that guy, I bet that was. I, you know, I used to work for that railroad, believe it or not, before it, it doesn't exist anymore. Nice. The New York Central, actually, they had a, quite a food department. They, uh, yeah, I, I backed that the dining car, the 20th Century Limited, into Union Station in Chicago uh, several times, which was, well, which was really, really scary because you, yeah, wanted, to get it, you wanted to get, get it right up to that hitching post. So, I mean, but you didn't want to run into it. So you were sitting there, usually a kid switchman like me, trying, <laughs> trying to do that. But they had the red carpet. They put out the red carpet for when you got on the 20th Century, 20th Century Limited. And um, but uh, anyway, those are that's ancient history. But um, yeah, it's more of a blue carpet these days. Is that blue blue carpet? (laughs) That Amtrak blue. (laughs) An Amtrak blue. Ha! Instead of instead of red. Oh, my gosh. Well, you yeah, know, yeah. I was talking to um, one of the, the food and beverage directors, uh, Robert Jordan, and he's done a lot. You know, he, he's worked in other markets uh, and he's definitely learned hard and fast about how this model of travel is very, very different than your other models of travel, you know, for for vacation or for commuting either way. Um, but one of the things that he said he really wanted to do, uh, this is when we were, you know, in Chicago with that refresh I was telling you about. But he said that he wanted to look at like creating delight and figuring out how to bring sort of like the novelty and the joy back to long distance travel. Uh And, you know, because when you look at going to the airport, it's like you're just elbow to elbow with everybody else. And like on the train, there's all this room to learn and room to grow and meet other people. And I think it's really cool that they're working to kind of change that around and get back to the root of that feeling. Oh, that's wonderful. That's well. Listen, time is flying back here in the old caboose, and we, it's, it's almost time for us to to check out of, of the first the first 
of these wonderful two segments that we're we're going to have here today. And so, um, but we got to say hi, ball, don't you think? At least, Absolutely. at least throw out throw out a few Z out the back porch. Um, look look up toward the engine. Get those two toots, and at the count of three, we'll do a nice high ball. One, two, three. High ball! Oh. High ball! High ball! Cahan is supported in part by Hilltop Broadband. Hilltop Broadband for residential and business wireless internet service. Servicing Salida and Poncha Springs in Chaffee County, as well as areas in Fremont County, Custer County, and more. To experience the Hilltop difference and request new customer information, email info at hilltop-broadband.com or call toll-free 877-783-2889.